And welcome to the VSA Capital Tech and Transitional Energy Podcast on Thursday, October the 27th. Um, we're running out of British summertime this weekend. The clocks are going to go back and uh, it'll be dark, dark, dark the whole time. But let's just hope the market isn't dark, dark, dark the whole time because um, we're all getting a bit bored of this market being so horrible, aren't we, Phil? Well, we are. And it's now getting through October and into November. So we need to see some uh, bright lights towards the end of the year and uh, also no power cuts. Thank you. A Christmas rally, that's what we like, a Santa rally. Can we have one of those? That would, that would be absolutely wonderful. There's too many stocks like Meta falling 20% overnight, and then this morning, ITM crashing to the ground. and It's just tedious, isn't it? You come in and you think, oh, God, what next? Yeah, I know. And it's like, you know, it's third quarter company results coming out in the States. And as you say, yeah, Meta. And then we've got, you know, results of Google and Microsoft. But we'll try and pick out a few highlights. Well, and it's also being, uh, obviously, before we get going on the, the tech and trans bit, and who knows, maybe a bit of brands. Uh, it's been quite an eventual, event, eventful uh, week, obviously, in politics. So we should just mention that. We're not going to go into too much detail because I hate politics. And uh, and I get pretty wound up about it all. But obviously, it all started really over the weekend in China with that amazing sight of a public humiliation of uh, Hu Jindao and basically Xi Jinping getting back in for his third term and making it very clear that he's in charge and China will go in the direction that he wants it, which is very much a case of prosperity for all, very much self-sufficiency. And, you know, the Cold War too between the East and the West is somewhat going to carry on. And so that gives you a bit of a clue, particularly in technology, um, that the West has got to develop its own capabilities and not be reliant upon China. Uh, that obviously brings in the whole question, of course, of um, TSMC um, in Taiwan, because people are going to worry and worry and worry. And I think we are going to see a lot of investment, particularly in the US, into uh, rebuilding their own semiconductor industry to an even greater scale than it is today. Um, just moving, carrying, I'll, I'll let you have a word in a second, but just carrying on obviously with politics. We then had the UK politics um, on Monday. Uh, Liz Trust uh, regenerated into Rishi Sunak in a similar way, actually, to the way that obviously uh, Jody Whitaker um, regenerated into David Tennant, which was really confusing because. David Tennant had been Doctor Who and now he's come back again. So I suppose really Rishi should have been Boris. But anyway, there was a regeneration there. Luckily, when I went home on Tuesday, my wife didn't regenerate into a bloke. So I can relax there. Um, sorry, I've gone completely off tangent there, haven't I? Yeah, anyway, yeah. lots going on in the world. But the good news was the bond market liked it. Sterling liked it. And a little bit of stability has come back into the UK market. And we're now trudging along with the rest of the world. Um, well, that was some sort of an intro. Do you like that? Do you agree with my political views, though? Well, I mean, the first thing is that your wife, Andrew, didn't get the TARDIS and uh, disappear. So that was obviously a, a plus. But I think your, I think your worldview, um, yeah, that is that's spot on. And stability definitely is the name of the game. Um, and and yeah, on the technology and, and particularly on the semiconductors and what's happening in the US. I mean, crikey, I'm old enough to remember when it was all moving out. Uh, something up to manufacture from Europe and the States into into Asia uh, sort of before 2000. Now it is coming back with, uh, you know, big wafer fab announcements in the 
in the US um, and there'll be quite a profound shift and obviously the restrictions that are coming into place now on uh, <coughs> particularly the setting up the manufacturing you know the machinery that can be exported into China and restrict uh, you know and restrictions there there's a lot happening well and it is it'll actually it'll reignite the whole debate about arm uh, and getting that should we say move back much more uh, in terms of ownership to the west um obviously arm china has basically gone its own way uh, so they already have their their own capabilities in that space for um for risk chips um but you know yeah there's no question that it will reignite that it was also interesting i think that we saw bmw basically make a decision to move its e mini ev uh, production probably from cowley just outside oxford to China, which is wrong, and actually in the FT today there is a big article about it. And it's something that I've discussed many a time about Germany's role with well both Russia and China, uh, and actually the FT is is arguing that Germany has got to uh, has been too reliant upon China, and it's time that Germany weaned itself off this reliance on China because it just it isn't going to work, and actually it's got to bring its its manufacturing back into uh, the West. And this reliance upon cheap energy from Russia and manufacturing capability in China has got to stop. Uh, it's one of the reasons I'm very cautious on the German economy. Um, but yeah, look, we've got to have our own capabilities. And, and you know, it's slightly off track from tech. Um, but we at Alchemy Capital had their results today. You know, they're building a lithium hydroxide plant up in Tees Valley. Absolutely key and critical for, I mean, the UK and Europe and the West. Um, we act for them it's just the sort of thing we've got to be doing over here and so just as we're doing that we need to, and we're doing obviously with pensana rare earth processing so we've got to have the the security of the mineral the processing and then of course the end product as well that is where the west has got to push huge amounts of money i mentioned this on the podcast last week and therefore for, on a sort of 10 year view that is the right place to be investing your money yeah, I mean that there should be yeah big investments in in um, in technology in homegrown tech, um, and and the Ger the German um, economic situation is very interesting. Is sort of, I mean folks probably don't realise that like Germany has been a huge exporter of machine tools, uh, and measurement systems into China, which are you know essential for developing industry. The big 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 markets them alongside the automotive markets, but this this whole idea of the move back to localization you know ought to be bloody good for the uk economy um and for and you know for new companies to emerge for new companies to get listed and for people to invest in uh it certainly should be and by the way on your point about the tardis uh, a lot of people have commented that actually my house down in cornwall looks a bit like a tardis because on the outside it looks quite small when you get inside it it's actually really rather large i shouldn't be saying that probably on this podcast but i said it, it's too late anyway let's move on Come on, yep. let's get to some companies. I don't know what you'd like to kick off with, uh, but I'll let you go first. Yeah, okay. Well, listen, we um, just in terms of US sort of results uh, and what appears to be coming through there, I think is, you know, general theme is sort of consumer spend, but particular PC demand. Um, over, and of course the PC demand drives software and drives chips. Um, the strength of the US dollar very much in in sort of play when we look through company results, um, but also something here was on um, was Alphabet on 
sort of you know potential weakening of advertising revenue though i did see wpp's results today and they didn't look um you know they too bad given circumstances but they're you know it's digital advertising but beyond that as well in terms of the advertising that 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 they do so uh, us tech results have been a bit bit weaker than expected but um looking a bit closer to home yeah itm power had a trading update um and they are saying i mean this was to do with kind of i think production um and they're saying that they're you know they're pushing out expectations in terms of uh revenue timing by the looks of it yeah delays in timing and tooling and testing of stacks so uh not necessarily good news for them but i guess the plus is that they are sat an awful lot of cash well, it's interesting. I mean, they've also got concerns about warranties, which is very yeah, worrying, yeah. I would say. Yeah. And of course, they've recently yeah. got rid of their CEO, which is always a bit yeah. worrying. So the market has has looked yeah. at this and gone, you know what, this is a bit of a car crash. Uh, it's actually off 30% today. I mean, the price is right down to sort of 73p, haven't been up well over five pounds. Um, as you point out, they've got, I think it was uh, 240 million of cash left, was it? Yeah. yeah um, but, you know, hey, yeah. Phil, they're burning it at 80 million a year or so. Well, so that's yeah. only three years of cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we don't want to see warranty, you know, warranty issues, warranty provisions, etc. Yeah, that all gets a little bit, uh, that can get a bit tricky. Oh, I well. Mean, yeah. Funny enough, I've just had a, a major fund manager in our office, which is why we're mm. recording this slightly late, as you know. Yeah, uh, we've just been chatting through the market, and uh, I mean, his comment to me was because he owns Invinity Energy Systems, like most of our clients do, uh, and obviously that's not been great for us in terms of share price performance. But he actually did say, he said, Andrew, the nice thing is, you know, the difference between ICM and Invinity is Invinity is actually, you know, getting sales out there, isn't having warranties problems, and has actually got product out there working in the market remotely and making money he said actually he said you're far better off than itm the only difference is you haven't got as much cash um and he's right um you know so what can i say um but the whole space it's just you know it's just like the dot-com boom you know where they everyone was excited about the internet they ramped these stocks up to levels that were in hindsight just absurdly high and then of course they all came massively tumbling back down again uh, in 2001, 2002. But of course, you know, some of those stocks then went on to be absolutely stellar performers and incredible as you hit later on into the 2000s. And we're just going through exactly the same sort of phase. And some of these stocks actually will recover tremendously uh, and create an enormous amount of value because they are actually the right thing. It's just the market got completely overhyped by them. Well, that is so similar to the dot-com boom. I mean, look how long it took them to, you know, remember the days of dark fibre in 2000, uh, the massive networks out there that were dark. The fibres weren't lit because the websites and e-commerce, the whole thing, was the web wasn't really there at all. Um, and yet there was all that hype to expectation and it took a good number of years to, for it to come through. But well, clean tech investment is happening on a, on a massive scale globally. So you know these things come through yeah, it is like, very very yeah. very similar to the dot-com boom the, the transitional yeah, energy yeah. boom so many similarities but, um anyway there we go we've, we've talked a lot about that in the past let's let's move yeah. on yeah. to uh, uh maybe some good news how about frontier ip because we, we they're a client of ours and they had numbers today which were, were was really really good weren't they 
Yeah, there were. Okay, the ticker is uh, FIPP. Uh, we've known Frontier IP for a long time. They are a client of ours. Um, this is an interesting company because they advise uh, primary university spin-outs that are very high in IP, hence the name, but in, in, uh, in, in patents and technology content, they advise them, and for that, they earn equity stakes. And of course, those equity stakes all have a have a value. And these are primarily unquoted um, companies. One of them, Excientia, came out of Dundee University and actually made it to a multi-billion valuation is listed on the NASDAQ. So, yeah, they reported that their uh, their NAV, which we look at very closely, this for a year ending June, was up by 27% to 88.5p. Um, that's quite an increase in net asset value. Uh, and their basic earnings share were up by 6%. Um, and kind of highlights within that, they did a, a part dispose of their um, their shareholding Excientia. This is the NASDAQ listed. It's AI um, software for drug discovery, and it's backed by major pharmaceutical companies, but that generated 6.5 million in cash for them. Uh, and proves out their model, you know, taking things very, very early stage, um, you know, brilliant, brilliant tech that that uh, creates significant value in the future. So they, yeah, they generated six and a half million of cash from that, um, and they saw their overall operating income increase by 11% uh, to 14 million pounds. And a lot of that is on that's you know revaluation investments that they're holding that that comes from. So that was a good, yeah. I thought it was a nice, strong set of results from uh, from Frontier IP, and I think the shares are what trading at. They're up 6p uh, today or about uh, 8%. Uh, look, you know, it's obviously, you know, nothing is sort of well, very few stocks are, are, are higher than their peak. But, you know, it, it's been trading actually around sort of 60 to 80p right back to sort of mid 2017, the last five years. It did have a little bit of a spike up during the, the COVID boom uh, to about 120. But actually, it's been a very solid uh, share price and a solid company uh, and those that know Neil Crabb uh, and I've known him uh, probably over 30 years uh, you know he is somebody who uh, delivers and knows what he's doing yeah and they've got some they've got some super exciting tech in there as well you know in terms of not just AI but robotics um, they have a company called Pulsif which is inverter technology for the you know for the solar markets and uh, consumer electronics markets, but there's some pretty cool tech in there as well. So, um, yeah, and it's a discount to now. So, a uh, nice, exciting company. Excellent. What else you got for us? Cerulean. Um, so, different space. CER is the ticker, 374 million market cap. Um, one we certainly covered before. Their share price is up 57% this year. Uh, they've got a trading update. Now, Cerulean's an interesting one because this is in telecommunications services. So, telecoms tends to be, as we go into the software economy, pretty resilient stuff. Um, and Cerulean have software for billing systems, charging, customer relationship management. So, um, you know, software that's broadly used across the telecommunications industry. Uh, and they've said that they've gone into their second half of the financial year with, quote, a strong uh, back order book, uh, something that we look at, continues to trade well during the period, uh, secured a very large contract in fourth quarter. Um, and they have said it's also benefiting from foreign exchange rates. Uh, a lot of companies are at the moment, depending on what you're doing versus the dollar, your cost base and where you're selling your products. 
Um, but they said, whilst revenue is expected to be marginally ahead of market expectations, adjusted profit before tax for the financial year is now expected to be materially ahead of consensus forecast of £10 million. So no, that's great. We love material ahead. Yeah, ahead of actually £10.1 million, which was the forecast, but uh, not that I want to correct you from the nearest decimal point, Phil. Right, um, just to show you that I read these announcements too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Excellent stuff. So that was nice and, uh, yeah, that was nice and positive. Uh, a little company called D4T4 Solutions, uh, ticket is D4T4. Uh, they had a trading update um, and their shares are down over 30% this year. And they, uh, this is a software company, uh, they have a software called Celebrus, uh, which is a data capture platform. Um, and so it's looking at corporate data, it's analysing that data and uh, doing something very useful with it for particularly for marketing and for fraud prevention and they yeah as I say they got a trading update um, but this one was kind of results in line with management expectations well, I don't always know what they are but they have spelt them out and they've said uh, they're expecting a revenue of 8 million and adjusted losses before tax of 1.3 million versus a prior period uh, half one of uh, 0.1 million uh, second half weighted as well. So, um, you know, not exactly great given it's moving to losses. But what caught my eye with this one is um, that it has seen an increase in its recurring revenues from 14 million to 15.8 million. That is a plus. But it's sat on 26 million of cash. So, even though it's slightly loss making, it's got all that cash. And with cash come options. Yeah, Business. cash is king. Cash is absolutely king. So one to watch in terms of, say, that share price is down, setting all its cash. Customers are, you know, its recurring revenues are increasing. So that's one to, uh, to I think, kind of look at. You're a um, crafty fox, aren't you? Uh, I tell you what, talking of silly names, uh, and yeah. one we've talked about a bit in the past, but which has actually had a fantastic reaction in the market today, up 40% today, um, and it's one we talked a bit about in the past, is, is Cloud Coco, or Cloud Coco, I don't know how you pronounce it exactly, but Mark Halpin, who came in and, and is turning it around. Yeah, that's cloud services business. Yeah, so, so um, this is, these are quite, quite cute, these companies, because I mean, we use cloud services, Andrew, and uh, we're not necessarily using AWS or Google or Microsoft for our cloud services because we are a small business um, and we need flexibility and local support and those kind of good things. Um, and so we go to a smaller, you know, smaller cloud services provider, but they can also access some of the wider services from the good names of, of, of Amazon and Microsoft as required. So we've got Microsoft Office, for instance. But um, yeah, so they have a good set of numbers and um, I, th I think always the value in in the cloud services providers I think very attractive is that generally if they get it right they get really high recurring revenues because it is very hard to change your provider. So uh, yeah, I know it is hard to change the provider. I I'm very aware of that. If, if we have a problem here, I just shout at RFD. Amazing, it seems to work. <laughs> <laughs> right, Andrew. I don't know what to say to that. We've got a fantastic. No, there's nothing you can say to that. <laughs> right, come on, swiftly moving on. Swiftly moving on, stay on the internet, uh, Centronic. 
Um, again, we covered Central Atlantic before. Ticket is uh, CNIC, 369 million market cap. Um, their share price to year to date is down 10%, so it definitely outperformed the tech sector. Um, <coughs> this one's uh, Central Atlantic interesting. I mean, they're a specialist in uh, domain names and marketing services around uh, around the internet. I mean, domain names are such a powerful kind of thing for brands. You know, if you don't own your domain or, you know, if you look at kind of some of the big multinational brands where you've got different things like, I don't know, what you've got Magnums, Marmite, whatever your brand is, you're going to have all the internet domain names associated with that brand. But they specialize in domain names, um, very profitable business. I mean, they've just announced a small acquisition. Uh, and this is in California. Nice to see a UK company with some ambition here. Um, and they have uh, acquired this business. It's just 7.6 million in cash um, and paying 2.8 times its revenue. But um, I just thought, you know, good, keeping doing things in the market, expanding internationally. And, and I mean, this is a this is fundamentally a good, you know, it's a good business, uh, Centralnik, and it's in a nice area. Yeah, you talked about them last week actually very positively. So uh, yeah, nice yeah, to keep the, the story going, as they say. Well, exactly. So that was them. Um, solid state. Again, another one that we've um, we've, which we've we've talked about. I know the company well. Uh, solid state PLC. The ticket is SOLI. 132 million market cap. And their shares are up eight percent year to date. Um, and they've had a training update for the six months ending September. And what do they do? I mean, they're a specialist electronics component supplier, so semiconductors, passives, RF, power components, but they do a lot of design in uh, services for manufacturing, and designing computer systems and power communications products. And in fact, they acquired a, um, a quite a large uh, US battery assembly tech company. Um, we discussed this, Andrew, previously. They raised um, just under 28, just over 28 million pounds to make that acquisition. It was oversubscribed. Um, but the trading, they just said for the, in terms of trading that they, uh, they're expecting revenue of 59 million pounds versus 39 million. Uh, a like for like constant currency revenue growth of circa 30%. Now, some of that growth will be included in the acquisition, but What's interesting is they said um, they saw significant revenue benefit in the first half from strength in the US dollar, um, and that the US dollar rate strengthened by 30% resulted in revenue revenue benefit of 4.5 million. Um, so if they are growing 39 million, 59 million, part of that was currency, but part of it is strong. Uh, organic growth, which we definitely want to see. Um, but this was interesting. Uh, the group has long-term loan and revolving credit facilities with Lloyds Bank, totaling £20.5 million. Pounds. I mean, completed the acquisition of Custom Power, this is the US battery company in early August, uh, battery tech company, um, as a result of increase in base rates, the interest cost in the second half of the year is expected to be significantly higher than the first half. That's the first time I've seen this, actually. It's quite interesting. Um, but they go on to say, nonetheless, given the uh, performance, uh, you know, the, in terms of strong trading, further currency benefit, the second half means the company expects to exceed currency revenue expectations and be marginally ahead of adjusted PBT consensus. There. 
What yeah, I mean, it's, it's a fact you have to, I mean, obviously we're in the banking uh, reporting season at the moment. Of course, the banks, because interest rates are going up, we're all making an awful lot more money because of those higher interest rates. And anybody who sits on cash, BSA sits on a whole lot of cash, so we like higher interest rates. Um, but anybody who's got borrowings, obviously, it is going to start to impact them, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, those two factors to kind of clearly watch out for is, is definitely currency impacts. Um, you know, and, and interest rates. And it's quite kind of kind of interesting on the US uh, quarterly results, these big multinationals that are selling in, you know, they're selling out in dollars and saying that currency, you know, they start to see the strength of the US dollar um, is impacting their results. But here, you know, flip, flip side here is we're seeing a benefit given the weakness in sterling against the dollar. So, so there we are. Um, now, there's two others I'd like you to quickly give your view on. I have my own view, and I'm happy to overlay it. Um, but there's two that we've talked about quite a lot in the past that came out with uh, trading updates this week, which is uh, Fulcrum and Nexus. Very different, obviously. Fulcrum was 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 not good reading, and Nexus actually was was very good reading, really, actually. But you know, do you want to give your little take on that, uh, Phil? Well, Andrew, I don't have the Nexus results in front of me and looked at those briefly, but I have got. Fulcrum quickly. Go on, then uh, you do Fulcrum and I'll do Nexus. Well, that's a, you know what? That's a, ever ever a man for a fair deal, Andrew. And that's <laughs> a fair deal. Right. So Fulcrum, um, so they what they do, the ticker's FCRM. Um, and they are, you know, they 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 say they provide essential utility services, including multi-utility connections, renewable energy infrastructure. So I mean, what does that mean? you know all of this stuff you know in terms of uh you know backup technology it's solar technology whatever but it all needs electrical infrastructure power cabling proper testing and proper connect, uh, connection to the grid um so they said that in the first half of the financial year ending march uh by the year ending march 23 that they had won a series of uh, utility contract awards well all good uh, that including a four million contract, 4.1 million contract designed to deliver HV uh, electrical infrastructure for a solar farm and battery storage facility, a two million contract for high voltage infrastructure for new battery energy storage systems. So that's all nice. Um, and a 1.2 million one for a solar farm. Right. So we can get the gist of what they do. They've been winning these contracts. Um, however, uh, and there is a however in here, they've said they've seen the um, you know, significant challenges from adverse energy, uh, wider market conditions. I don't know if that's relating to, you know, that's impacting their customer spend. Uh, but they said in addition, um, they've critical measures put in place by a new exec team to turn around the business's operate performance and they saw the impact of a cyber security incident which is uh, never good so um, they are having some challenges there and they're expecting a um, interim half loss of EBITDA loss of three million versus a one million profit previously so tough times for Fulcrum and in the last 18 months or so, the share price has gone from 40p to just 3.6p, which clearly isn't good. Now, moving on to Nexus Infrastructure, uh, I'll be absolutely honest with you, I own them PA. I think this is a great company. I have a lot of time for Mike Morris, who uh, is the CEO and also a very major shareholder in the group. Um, but I think he's set it up perfectly, runs it incredibly well. And I'll be honest with you, I was nervous. I thought with the current environment, this this could be 
not great news. And it turned out it was actually it was good news. So, I mean, well done, Mike. It's it really is a good performance. Um, they've actually said that they expect to, to group revenues for the year to come in at about um, 173 million. This is to the end of September. So probably pretty accurate. That's up from 138 million. I mean, the current environment that has been really good. And what's good is that all three divisions are growing well. So that's Triconnex, uh, Tamdown, and of course eSmart Networks, which is the exciting bit um, because that's them putting in, you know, e-charging stations. eSmart Networks actually they expect to grow by uh, just shy of 100%. Actually, only about 86. 86%. Again, the interesting thing to me, we were talking earlier, they're sitting on cash of 24 million pounds. Uh, how nice to be sitting on a big pile of cash at the moment. Um, but just put that into perspective, the market cap of the company is only about 60 million pounds. Here's a company with, you know, 100, over 170 million of revenue, growing beautifully, highly profitable, virtually half the market cap is cash. I mean, what isn't that a like? This has got to be an incredible buy, but for the fact, of course, no one's buying anything in the market. But when the market recovers, this should be on you know on the top of pretty much every small cap company investors list. There we go. Well, well highlighted, Andrew, and that's what you know. To, to my mind, the podcast and the current environment really is about. I mean, it's spotting things that are just because of market conditions, getting you know getting completely overlooked, and yet you know we'll have these good fundamentals and, for instance, backed by cash. That's what we're doing. All right, we've probably talked enough. As usual, I'll just say to anybody, look, if you disagree with what we've got to say or you think we made a mistake or you want to ask questions, please do. Somebody did pick us up actually on our five-minute morning minor this morning, um, a company where they felt we didn't quite report things as accurately as we, we should have done. Look, we do it live. We don't always get 100% right. Even VAR doesn't always get it completely right if you're a Spurs fan. Um, so, you know, just let us know if we've got a bit wrong and we'll correct it the next, the next day or the next week or whatever it is. Um, but when you're doing things live, clearly it's impossible to get it 100% accurate. But on that note, uh, I hope you've all enjoyed it. I hope it's added value. And Phil will speak again next week. I look forward to that, Andrew.